Look over in Psalm 5. Look in verse 11. But let all those rejoice who put their trust, where? Who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. He delivers them through trusting Him. He defends them. Let those who also love your name, that delight in your name, let them be joyful in you, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. You shall surround him with favor. You shall surround him as with a shield. Man, that's the safest place in the world. Amen. I mean, nothing's going to penetrate that at all. Unless God allows it, and if He allows it, because you got to think that's just what God does. When God brings great deliverance, uh, what's coming next is normally a great dilemma. Yes. That's just the way He works. What did He do it with with Israel when He delivered them out of Pharaoh's hand? Here they go. They march out. First thing they do, they, God puts them in a in a dilemma that they cannot get themselves out of. I mean, it's bad. All you have is a sea in front of you and an army with chariots and horses and trained soldiers behind you. you. You in a pickle. You in a dilemma that you don't have an answer for. The only thing you can do in a situation like that, and that's what he led Moses to do, was put his confidence solely in Jehovah. And when he did, what did God do? He opened up a sea, which was impossible for Moses to do or anybody else. And he delivered them. And that's how God worked. When he does something for us, he's going to put us in a dilemma where we cannot get out of this outside of his rescue. He's done it so many times historically with his people, and he does the same thing with us. He puts us in a dilemma. And, and so that we have to trust him. That we got to depend on him. We've got to look to him and follow his lead. And, and, and when he favors us, now I want to show you this. This blessed me. I was reading this this morning. Turn to Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 39. Now watch, watch this. I, may, I, I think I'm going to have to preach on this some more because I know we're not going to have the time, but I'm going to just throw it out there. Look at Jeremiah 39 and verse number 11. We're talking about favor here now. Talking about that shield, what God would do. Now Israel, Judah, is in bad shape. Nebuchadnezzar's army and his princes have already besieged Jerusalem. They've already laid siege on it. Now they are attacking uh, the, the city. And there is no hope for anybody outside of surrendering to Nebuchadnezzar's princes. There's no hope. There's no chance of survival. If you flee the city and try to go to Egypt, you're going to die in Egypt. If you try to go anywhere else, God says the only answer, Jeremiah is in prison. Why is Jeremiah in prison? Because he told the people that they had to surrender. So they said Jeremiah was just weakening the hands of the people. But God gave him a word and said, look, you have to surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. 
And God is going to carry you off to Babylon and you, the only thing you'll have is your life. But you're losing everything else. And God told Jeremiah to tell Zedekiah, the king, that if he didn't surrender, this is what God's going to do to the city. He said, it's on your shoulders. I will burn this city and kill everybody in it if you don't surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. That was from God to the king. Well, he was trying to get his way out of it. He wanted some wiggle room. He wanted to leave. He didn't want to do that. And he told him, the only thing you can do is surrender. Well, they didn't listen to him. They put him in prison. They wanted to kill him. That's in the previous chapters. We find chapter 38, they dropped down Jeremiah in a pit of mire, in a pit of waste. Didn't have water in it. He was sitting in mire. Didn't have no food. Wasn't going to feed him. That's how he was going to die. They was going to kill him. But there was an Ethiopian who went to the king privately and said, look, if you don't do something for Jeremiah, he's going to die down in that pit. We've run out of bread in the city. He don't have any, and there's no way that he'll be able to make it out of there. You need to do something for him. Well, by God's providence, he used this Ethiopian who trusts the Lord, and he, with compassion, took clothes and ropes and dropped them down and told Jeremiah to put them up under his arms and put the ropes under there so they wouldn't burn him or hurt him when they pulled him out of the mire, and they pulled him up out of that pit. And they took him and put him in the, in the court of the prison, in a prison. He was still in prison, but not down in that pit anymore. Well, here's where the story picks up. I'm not going to read all these names that they may mention because some of them are, are, are out of my league. Verse number 11 says, For Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, listen to this now, gave charge concerning Jeremiah, to Nebuzaradan, or whatever his name is, the captain of the guard, saying, verse 12, Take Jeremiah and look after him and do him what? No harm. No harm and do to him just as he says to you. Just, just label that as favor. Here's, here's Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man on the planet at the time outside of Jeremiah. Because God done told Jeremiah he's exalted him above everybody. He's in prison and God's already put it on the heart of the king of the Babylonians to make sure that his servant Jeremiah is going to be taken care of. You go to him, you look after him, you take him with you, you bless him. Whatever he asks you to do, you do it. Verse 13 goes on to tell us, and there's a few guys in there we'll pass over. Verse 14, then they sent someone to take Jeremiah from the court of the prison and committed him to, how you say that? Gedaliah, the son of Ahakam, the son of Shaphan, that, that he should take him home so he dwelt among the people. Now watch verse 15. My translation says meanwhile. Does anybody else say that? No. Now, meanwhile. Meanwhile, before all this took place, the word of the Lord had come to Jeremiah while he was still shut up in the prison of the court of the prison saying, go and speak to Ebed-Melech, the Ethiopian, and say, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, behold, I will bring my words upon this city for adversity and not for good. And they shall perform in that day before you. 
Verse 17 says, but I will deliver you in that day, says the Lord, and you shall not be given into the hand of the men whom you are afraid, for I will surely deliver you and you shall not fall by the sword, but your life shall be a prize to you because you put your trust in me, says the Lord. Now, that'll bless you right there. That, that, that just does something to me. Meanwhile, while, while Jeremiah was in prison, favor was working when he was wondering how to fulfill the assignment of God. Favor was at work while he was wondering, well, how am I going to fulfill this assignment that God's given me? What do I mean by that? God came to Jeremiah while he was in the prison, locked up and couldn't go nowhere and told him to go tell somebody what he was going to do for him. All the while, God was making plans and putting in the heart of a king to send some of his representatives and go get Jeremiah and free him from the prison. But God came to him while he was in the prison and told him he was going to let him out without telling him he was going to let him out. If God tells you to go tell somebody something and you locked up in prison, that means God's going to get you out of prison. Are you with me? That's what favor does. Favor as at work, working on providing the means for you to fulfill the assignment that God has for him. Remember, favor is a shield for us. People can't penetrate that. The enemy can't get beyond that. And just because he was wounded and hurt and put in prison didn't mean God was done with him. Not at all. See, favor was working when you are wondering how you're going to fulfill the assignment. Jeremiah still had an assignment even though he was locked up in prison. God told him to go tell this guy, this Ethiopian, what he was going to do for him. But he couldn't go tell him. Why? He's still in prison. Are you with me? So you know what that means? Hey, when God tells you you're getting out without telling you're getting out. No different than what Paul. Remember when Paul was on the boat and God told him you're going to Rome and you're going to testify? It doesn't matter if 10,000 men come against you. It doesn't matter if you got to go through two weeks of bad weather on the sea. It doesn't matter if the ship tears apart and you all got to go overboard. If you stay with me, you're going to survive because God's done testified. I'm going to Rome and ain't nothing going to stop me and nobody's going to hinder me. Why? Favor. He had an assignment from God. You see, favor is working when your trust is working when nothing will work for those around you or those who are against you. Everybody in Jerusalem was either going to be carried off to Babylon or they were going to die. But this Ethiopian eunuch who trusted God and acted on the behalf of that prophet when nothing would work for anybody else, he had favor working for him. Because he trusts God and God sent him a word and said, look, I know you're afraid of the Babylonians. I know you're afraid of the Jews because you worked and helped out Jeremiah. You don't have to be afraid of nobody because nobody, when nothing is working for anybody, my favor is working for you and nobody's going to touch you when everybody else is going to be destroyed. Isn't that amazing? That'll bless you. That's what favor does. That's that shield. When favor is working for you, when your enemy has the momentum and plotting against you. Doesn't matter. If the enemy has the momentum and they plotting to harm you and hurt you when favor is working for you, 
it doesn't matter. Right. Ain't nothing can touch you. Amen? Amen. All that goes under that, that phrase, meanwhile. Yeah. Meanwhile, favor was at work for me. And it became a shield for me. Amen? Amen? Meanwhile, while I was in prison, God was working out my release. Meanwhile, while I was in prison, I had an assignment to leave this prison and go tell somebody what God was going to do for them. Meanwhile, when the enemies were going to kill everybody around you, but none of it was going to touch you because you trusted and acted in your faith to protect one of God's people. Meanwhile, when all the plots and the momentum of darkness is coming against you, you don't have to fear it. Why? Because favor is a shield around you. Amen? Man, I don't know about y'all, but that just tickles me. It tickles me. That'll bless you. Bring my words upon this city for adversity, but none of it's going to touch you. You're safe. God can do that. He's done that. He will do that. No different than when they was in Egypt. Remember that night when he, didn't, when he wouldn't even let the dogs bark that night? When the angels come through, he kept all the dogs silent. But all it was was an outcry. Can you imagine all those mamas and daddies when they walked in and found their firstborn son dead? And they screamed and cried and moaned and wailed, but not one dog opened their mouth and barked as a sign that God was faithful and you can trust him. When he says leave tomorrow, you take out and you head out toward the Red Sea. Amen. Amen? Amen. Oh, that's what he does when you have favor upon your life. Mm. Jeremiah had it. Didn't keep him out of the mire. It didn't keep him from being chained up. But I want to tell you what it did the whole time. Meanwhile, God was working on his behalf. Amen? Amen. Mm. What a blessing. Anybody have anything you want to give away? It's a good story to read now. Good story to read. There's times when God comes to us. You, and um, Jeremiah 45, I just got into old Jeremiah today and just enjoyed myself. I do that every once in a while, find, an old, find a book like that, and just get in, just wallow in it for a while. But you get in chapter 45, there was a guy by the name of Baruch. He was a young guy, a scribe, and he wrote things that, that Jeremiah told him to write. And God told him this, quit trying to pursue great things for yourself because they're not going to come to pass. But I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to bless you. You live in this world we live in and they tell you to dream big and go for the great and all that. There's times when God says, no, that's not in your picture. Just walk with me. Just trust me. I'll take care of you. Amen? We can trust him on that because false expectations are just nothing but setting you up for a failure of a depressed spirit. Let God set your expectations for you and walk in his victory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. Love you and just praise you. Thank you for your kindness and your favor. Thank you for your mercy. Uh, Lord, we don't deserve your grace, nor your mercy, nor your favor. But because of Jesus, because of your unfailing love toward us in Christ. You favor us. You put a shield about us. You provide opportunities for us. You give us assignments 
that are impossible to take place apart from you maneuvering and working things out for us to fulfill them and meeting those needs. So we just want to give you glory and praise and thanks, knowing that wherever you lead us, you're going to meet the need in our life. We just praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love y'all.